Welcome to the Modern Investing with Side Pocket podcast, where we find some of the brightest minds in investing, entrepreneurship, real estate, tech, and more, and ask them, how do you stay financially ahead of the curve in the dynamic world we live in? But before we start, a quick disclaimer, the content we are discussing through this channel should not be understood or construed as financial advice. Regardless of anything to the contrary, nothing available on or through this channel should be understood as a recommendation to buy or sell securities or constitute financial advice. With that out the way, let's get started. Welcome. Uh, today we have Raman Newman, co-founder and CEO of New Mavericks out of Sydney, Australia and Hawaii, a leadership development consultancy helping CEOs of publicly traded companies develop their capacity to create maximum value for all their stakeholders. Welcome, Robin. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, much aloha to uh, you and all the guests uh, here on the on the podcast. Uh, honored to be here. Awesome. Thank you. Let's dig in. We definitely would love to talk about your background. I just think it's so unique and, and, and so, so special, and it really builds into kind of your edge today as a consultant and as an investor yourself. So could you touch on your background, really the story about your experience as a monk and all of that? Yeah, uh, thanks so much. Uh, it's been an interesting journey, one I didn't really plan. It's one I've just kind of gone with the flow with. I uh, grew up in New Zealand. Uh, first 20 years of my life was a typical Kiwi kid into a lot of sports, uh, playing rugby, uh, cross country, track, uh, won national, regional, provincial titles in both those sports. And then decided to focus into the uh, track uh, endeavor and wanted to qualify for the World Junior Championships. Had Olympic gold medal winning coach. His name's Arch Jelly. Coach John Walker, who won the 76 Olympics and was the first man to run under three minutes, 50 seconds for the mile. I uh, got to train with John a little bit. But Arch instilled a lot of confidence uh, in me. He said, look, you know, the way that you're training, the way that you're progressing, the way you're improving, there's no reason why you can't go to the Olympics. And so that was the big aspiration, and that became the sole purpose of my life to really, you know, fulfill that. Uh, went to work, put in all the training, all the effort. Um, and Arch, uh, the other thing Arch said is said, if you keep this up and you stay healthy, then there's no reason why you can't do that. So I did the put in the effort, put in the training, was improving, was top three nationally ranked junior, was getting close to that World Junior Championship qualifying time, which take me from a, a top national athlete to being an international athlete. And in that endeavor, I fell short two seconds uh, from qualifying, uh, burnt out, had a lot of health problems, respiratory problems, digestive problems, kept me up most nights for about six months, coughing, um, literally felt like I'd lost my sole purpose in life, got depressed, you know, wanted to kind of dampen that pain by drinking more, eating more, you know, trying to solve it that way. As, as we know, that never works. And so I realized I'm missing something. There's something that I, I'm, I'm not really cognizant of, of that's going to allow me to protect myself uh, in the process of achieving and prog progressing and, and taking on the pressure of those situations that, you know, sometimes we're put in in order to achieve and progress. So I ended up going on a quest to find what I needed to know. And ended up uh, learning to meditate. I learned transcendental meditation when I was in my uh, 18, going 19. And that was kind of the first experience I had of like, oh, wow, the basis of the mind is this awareness, this consciousness. You know, we all have a conscious mind, we have a subconscious mind, and then we have this 
this awareness that's below the surface of everything. And just experiencing that, that contrast was so great. It, it literally flipped the script for me in terms of like wanting to achieve and progress in order to feel fulfilled and realizing I want to feel fulfilled first in who I am and what my purpose is and let my achievement and progress be a byproduct of that. So I really went on the other extreme of being extremely outward and physically active to being extremely inward. Um, that led, long story short, at the age of 25, becoming a full-time meditating monk. I was going to commit to doing that for one year. I was going to meditate eight hours a day, uh, seven days a week. It was in a, a campus in a group uh, up in the Blue Ridge Rounds in North Carolina. They had a men's campus and a women's campus, men and women from all around the world who just wanted to go inward, who just wanted to meditate full-time. Um, that was that program was available there. And uh, it was an amazing experience. Uh, those Blue Ridge Mountains are just incredible, incredible place to be, uh, especially doing that sort of activity. And after one year of doing that, I go, oh, wow, this, this is pretty cool. I'm really enjoying this. You know, maybe maybe get away with another year of doing this. And had people supporting me and backing me because we had to come up with a monthly stipend, uh, room and board to, to cover that. And had some wealthy business people that were, that were doing that for me. And so literally I was being a silent partner to them and, and, and their uh, leadership and their business endeavors. So after two years, I, I decided, oh, this is good. I'm on a roll here. I'm really enjoying this lifestyle. Let's do another year. No one's really going to miss me from the world. And so I, I just continued like that for 10 years. Yeah. And I got to the point where I realized, oh, you know, I, I feel like I've, I've really, you know, got what I, I came for here. Um, I fulfilled that inside of me and, and having more self-awareness, having more self-knowledge as a basis for now acting in the world. And I wanted to integrate that experience um, of being more connected to myself and being more in tune with my, my own well-being and integrate that into the world. And so I decided to do the extreme opposite and go to New York City and do an acting program. So acting is all about great connection with other people. Meditation, being a monk, is great connection with yourself. So I was trying to integrate those two realities. And so I just wanted to do the acting training as a basis for, for integrating into the world, you know, personally developing, developing myself. And it was in a time when you may remember 2007, 2008, there was a lot of financial you know, turbulence going on. Uh, a lot of calamity unfolded during that time. And I was in New York City. And I could literally feel the stress and the strain and the pressure that these very intelligent, smart business leaders were under and what they had caused for themselves and their companies and the entire economy. And I realized, ah, oh, they had the same problem that I did. They're so focused on that outer development, that outer achievement, not realizing the basis for that is their inner development and investing in that so that they have more awareness to make those best decisions that not only helps them achieve and progress, but also protect that. And so I, I realized, okay, this is this is a purpose. I, I, I feel like this is how I'm meant to serve in the world. So after I concluded the acting training, um, my business partner who had connected with uh, in North Carolina, he was also on the same program. He'd actually gone off to the Himalayas for six years and meditated up there. And he came back, he came out of the Himalayas. He had uh, a situation that forced him to do that uh, with a, a colleague getting uh, sick, uh, had a lot of heart problems. He had to kind of nurse him. And then he decided he didn't want to go back. He wanted to come back into the world. So he called me up and said, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm in New York City, just doing this acting program. Not sure what I'm going to do. Not sure how I'm going to make money going forward here. 
didn't have really much in savings, you know, uh, living off some some credit cards and things like that. They said, well, why don't we, you know, work together and continue actually what we started to support ourselves being this silent partner to business leaders, but make it more professional, more interactive. And so we did that. We just started to reach out to uh, different CEOs that we had had a connection to and, and just to start to develop our business. And it's evolved over the last 14 years to, you know, working with, you know, companies that are, one company has evolved from being a billion dollar company in revenues to 11 billion dollars in revenues over the last 11 years and we're working with smaller cap companies also and just really supporting them and and ensuring that things go their way you know because they're in the right space they have their their, their head on the right way they have the coherence they have the clarity they have the creativity and capacity to really be a good catalyst to make those good decisions that inspires the market to want to support the idea, the opportunity that they have, and so that they can capitalize on, on what they're doing. So it's a real inside out, outside game um, that we do. Uh, and that's that's basically how I've evolved to where I am today. We ended up writing the book, uh, The Science of Protection. Uh, we've actually changed the subtitle to making high pressure, impactful leadership decisions that protect and enhance uh, you and everyone. And we feel, you know, protection is really the base, especially in these uncertain times when, you know, there's a lot of recession thinking and tendency going on that we can protect what we have so we can actually build on what we have. No point in getting that gain and then it's a loss. That's like zero sum game of progress. So protection is very important in these times. And that comes from from ourselves and, and having a good mind about things. Mm -hmm. Now, does that like uh, get you in a spot where if you're working with a public traded comp, uh, CEO to invest in that company as well, because you know that absolutely edge? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. One of that company I just mentioned, their stock um, was they were on the Australian exchange is about five dollars over the last uh, 11 years. It's evolved from being a five dollar stock to over 40 dollar stock um, in a very conservative tight margin industry. Um, so it's been, you know, quite a lucrative ride for us, you know, with that company. So, yeah, I mean, if, and that's one of the things that I've realized when it comes to investing is that, yeah, you have to look at, is this a good product? Is this what the market wants? Is this, is this the time the market wants this type of product? At the same time, you need to know that there's good people leading this company, that they are coherent, that their behavior is good, that they are in integrity um, with themselves and the people that they work with. Otherwise, it just becomes a real mess. Uh, we've seen companies and you know, these companies we've been working with recently that we started with and, and it was just a mess. Like they had so much um, potential with the product, but the team that they had just wasn't capitalizing on it. They just weren't able to attract the revenues, even though they had a lot of people invested money in this company. Um, had a lot of outstanding shares and and yet there was there were some things with the people and how they were the operating that was just not allowing them to attract um, the revenues that that this company has the potential to make. It's funny because that's a big part of kind of why we made side pocket, um, partially because so much of investing, at least the, the larger space, tends to focus on that monkey mind, the one that's always chittering away. It's telling you, you got to move, you got to act, you got to go. Yep. And it, it leads to what, what's the statistic, uh, Arthur? Uh, it's like 90% of day traders like lose money or something. Like it's yeah. one of those things that when you hear it, if you described it in any other industry, like, yeah, 
90% of people who walk through that door get punched in the face. And we have an entire industry in America where they just keep walking through the door. And part of it is because they have that, that the, the TV's telling them everyone's getting rich and the, the newspapers are telling them everyone's getting rich. And if you just jump in, you're going to get rich. But the, the real growth and the real sustained wealth development happens when you, you, you have a system you apply the system and you keep doing it as a practice, very similar to how when yep. you meditate, you want to kind of calm yourself down, quiet those voices and just be, and then start making decisions from that place. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that's, you, you just said the right formula there. And a lot of people think they have the success formula, but they haven't got the first part right, which is what you just said. It's getting your mind in that most coherent, alert, awake, settled state from which to make those good decisions that you're going to act on. And yeah, I think it's, it's super important that, you know, we get that right. And I mean, side pockets is, is really an evolution from what I'm seeing. I'm, I'm, I'm just starting in, in the process of getting uh, involved in the, in the, in investing in the, the process. And it's been great. Uh, Arthur has been an amazing uh, vehicle to, to get me into this. Um, I really appreciate the guidance and, and it's just been an evolution for me because I've been looking for something like this in terms of my investing journey. It started out with a guy by the name of Dr. John Price. He's actually a mathematician um, from Australia. And he studied uh, Benjamin Franklin, uh, The Intelligent Investor, which was the first book I, I read on ben, investing. Benjamin Graham. Benjamin Franklin is. Yeah. <laughs> Benjamin ben, Graham. I think ben, to be fair, Benjamin Franklin has some really good investing advice, too. Yeah, so. exactly. Exactly. There's, there's something about these Benjamin guys. Uh, so, so he he got me into the whole value investing mindset, um, and he had a whole mathematical formula formulas to determine the value of a of a company um, like Benjamin Graham and Warren Buffett. And at the same time, he laid on top of that. He called it not just value investing, but conscious value investing. I mean, you're investing in something that you actually feel a resonance with, that it feels right to you to, to put your money into this company or into this particular portfolio and, and really making people conscious of, of what they're doing with their money um, and not just putting it in because they're going to make a quick gain. And, and we always say to our CEOs that don't focus on the gain first, focus on doing what's right first, and then you'll always gain. But if you're just focusing on gain and not doing what's right first, you're going to lose at some point. Yeah. Well, one of the one of the things I really like about kind of how Side Pocket differentiates from other uh, robo advisors is that like if you go into uh, Wealthfront, for example, and I, I'm invested in Wealthfront, uh, but they not invested like I I put money into Wealthfront to try yeah. it out. Okay. Um, yeah, I <laughs> just wanted to make it clear, I'm not you know conflicted or anything. Yeah. Um, but you know what they ask you is basically like when are you going to retire how much money do you got and how much money can you put away each month and then then they ask you what is your risk tolerance and so much of that is it's such a weirdly loaded question because risk tolerance yeah. is something that really changes from moment to moment and it's not saying that they necessarily adjust moment to moment and so the side pockets that we have are built to to speak to what you're trying to accomplish, what you just said, you know, what are you trying to invest in? What would you feel good about putting this amount of money in this portfolio versus that one? 
Like I, I know it's silly given my job, but like I'm a very, very conservative investor. Uh, mm. when, I, when I invested with Wealthfront, I slid that risk parity slider down to from mm. it was like you, you're a nine. I was like I'm a three. Right. Uh, ironically, if I had stayed with the nine, uh, I would be down like twelve percent right now. And because I, I shifted it down to three, I was, I was, uh, I think I'm only down like five percent with Wealthfront. Yeah. But with side pocket, I was able to say, I'm willing to take this much of my money, put it into a high growth thing. And then those high growth ones are balanced out by these more stable ones. And, and I mean, the amazing thing about side pocket is that the high growth ones are doing well. And then the stable ones are doing really, really well. So now I think I'm I, as of this morning, I was at, doing the average, I'm up 8%. And that's because I got to invest in things that I believed in. I understood what I was investing in. Yeah, and I, uh, and I think that I think that's the evolution right there. Of you know, if we contrast these other companies to what Soapark is doing, is I see the evolution of like, okay, they're smart, intelligent people out there in the market, and they're they're trying to do the best for you and your money. Um, and then you guys come along and say, no, well, we're going to be another step wiser, you know. And and the wise always prevail, you know. The the smart people and intelligent people that they're trying to play the market or it'd be tricky and clever and stuff like that. Somehow they, they never really pan out. But if you've got a more wise long-term strategic approach and you guys have taken to another level of nuance, um, I feel there's, there's more protection there. And, and as I've mentioned, I'm, I'm all about the protection game. Yeah. Like uh, I know that of course you work with like CEOs, public trade companies, but you also have worked with like hedge fund managers, for example, and, and professional investors, right? Yes. Yeah. We've had some, some fund managers that we've worked with and they're, they're really interested in what we do because they can introduce us to, to companies that they put their money in because they want to see, you know, things evolve. And sometimes the CEOs are open to speaking to us and sometimes they're not. And we noticed that when sometimes the CEOs are not open to speaking to us, like there's one company um, on the Australian exchange it was trading around $4 and it evolved and, and they'd invested in, in it around, I think around 50 cents. And so he, he had done well. And then, you know, this, this year, literally that's been wiped out. He's back to, back to ground zero. It's about an uh, 80 cent stock or something like that. And now the CEO's interested in speaking with us. And, and it's, and he's, he's a smart, intelligent guy, but he didn't get some things right. And, you know, he's got himself in a little bit of, bit of trouble and, he, and he's caused a, a domino effect for this, this hedge fund manager. You know, he's in a predicament, you know, with 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 his investors. Um, so it's it's something and, and this is something, you know, we, we try and get through to these hedge fund managers. I mean, he invested in this stock before we even came along. And, you know, we gave him the principle, hey, do what's right first and, and then then gain. But he got a little bit. Sometimes people tend to just favor the greed, the greed reflex. You know, it's a vice, the real vice that we have to get over. And if we make good gains, then just make the gain and 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 protect it. Don't try and want more because then you're just being greedy. And that's when, you know, the, the external enemies start coming in to play on this internal enemy and you lose, you lose the war. Yeah. So much of it is like, yes, an external game that everybody sees, but there's a huge internal game that like, if you're doing it because uh, you deep down feel small about yourself in the world, et cetera. And this is just like, you know, trying to, um, you know, just show up big and, and look the part. 
that's when we make those stupid decisions, even just like also as an investor individually, you know, we're talking about all the pressures we have in the market right now, the, the, the times that we're in, you know, the volatility, no, no one knows what to trust. FTX just went down, like, yep. you know, yep. and it's just, um, at the, in all this turmoil, like finding your center where like you, what you do know, right. And then working from there. And if I understand correctly, that's like the essence of what you do, right? Yeah, I, I, that's one of our, our fundamental principles is you go, in order to continue to progress, you got to purify. I mean, you got to purify the stress, the uh, fear, the, the vices like greed, anger, lust, vanity, jealousy, false attachments. All these things can trip us up, you know, because everything is ultimately self-created. So if something's not going well, then we have to come back to ourselves and go, okay, what internal enemy here? or stress created me making this decision that's in this predicament and how do I purify it and going forward how do I continue to purify these types of things so I'm not subject to to making wrong decisions that you got to pay the price for down the track mm -hmm. could you could you dive into like your your process like I know you started with purification and uh yeah. anything else you want to elaborate on that but kind of just going through like your your system yeah for sure so basically, when it comes to the science of protection, we broke it down into six components. And what the first component is purification, because purification leads to progress. You know, our body is constantly purifying things that it doesn't need in order for us to keep on functioning. If we didn't do that, then we'd build up toxins, we would become unhealthy, and then we have no basis for creating wealth. So that's very important. And then the most important thing we want to purify is stress. Stress is just incoherent energy, either in us or in our environment that we're absorbing. And as soon as we get stressed, our prefront, uh, prefrontal cortex gets hijacked. And so this prefrontal cortex is what allows us to make these very important strategic decisions and planning. And if this is under tension and stress, you're not going to perceive the possibilities or even the best possibility. So the more that we can do things to keep our stress levels um, at a healthy level, there's obviously healthy stress that, you know, just inspires us to get up in the morning. Um, and meditation is one of those things uh, that enables the, the mind to settle down. There's basically three different types of meditation. There's focused attention meditation, self-monitoring meditation, and automatic transcending meditation. And what I've found is the most effective one is the automatic transcending meditation, which is things like TM, transcendental meditation, uh, Qigong is another one. But what they've found is that these type of meditations allow the mind to more fully settle down. And we all know when our minds becomes more fully settled, we just more clear about things. Nothing's really a problem. The only real problem we have is not having a settled mind. But when we have that settled, coherent mind, we can just handle anything. We know what to do. But when we don't, then everything seems like it's a pain. We get stressed and we can't make those good decisions. So, you know, having something to debunk your stress uh, is very important in that process. And through that purification, what happens is we gain more clarity and we gain more simplicity. You know, there's a lot of complexity in this world, especially in the investing world, as, as you guys know. But the ability to make things simple, uh, the complex simple, is just a powerful means to, to market anything. You know, because then it's more relatable. People get it quicker. Mm -hmm. So that's the first step. The second step is really creating that coherence. So coherence is what, how can we unify? How can we be unified in our own thinking and feeling? You know, sometimes we feel something, 
but we think something else. That means that coherence is not there. There's a conflict between what we feel and what we think. And so the more that we can create that coherence between what we feel and what we think, and so that what we think and feel are the same thing, that's where this fine feeling level comes in. You know, when you hear all the information and then all these CEOs, the best ones, they just come back to, okay, well, how do I feel about this? Jeff Bezos did this with, uh, with Prime. Every, all the data said, no, Jeff, don't do Prime. It's going to cost the money a lot of money, a company a lot of money. And he goes, no, nah, I just feel something about this. I'm gonna, I've heard all the data, but and my feeling levels, you know, in conflict with that, but I'm going to follow the fine feeling level. You know where where the right decision is, is always there, and so he did, and obviously the rest is history. Mm -hmm. So being able to create that coherence in yourself to make good decisions, being able to have that coherence um, with other people. You know we can't do life alone. We all have to interact and, and be unified with other people. And when we have that unity value, then things can flow. You know communication works. You know people don't misunderstand each other. We even if problems come up, we can still keep keep working through them. So that's very important. And they found that world-class athletes, business leaders, and musicians, when they're performing at their best, they have a unique style of brain functioning, and it's called global alpha coherence. So what that means is that they're able to see the bigger pictures, they're able to see the finer details to make that, that best decision and fulfill that vision that they have for themselves. So the more that we can be in this global alpha state with a lot of coherence across all hemispheres of the brain, then the more that we're in the best state to make great decisions. So from that coherent state, we want to evolve that into really being able to have that creativity. We call it the, the leadership state. You know, leadership is, is all about creating. It's about enlivening. Leaders don't rely on anybody or anything. Because if we're relying on something, then we're giving that our power to that thing that we're relying on. Leaders are always creating by enlivening, enlivening the next possibility. Now, the next possibility is the is the most truthful one the one that that really is going to make you victorious in the end because truth always triumphs so being in this leadership state is really a state of of optimal creativity that's truthful and that allows you to create the next idea the next iteration on on your product or service and then we evolve that into capacity you know when we that those first three are really the inner development the internal development the next three are more the outer development. We have to have the capacity. We, businesses have to have the capacity to take on customers, serve those customers. But we also have to have the internal capacity in, in ourselves to handle that demand, that we can handle any opportunity or any problem that comes up, that we're not overshadowed by it. And again, if we get overshadowed, then that prefrontal cortex can't think as well. So developing capacity, having good capacity um, is really the basis for allowing greater things to happen you know, being able to have a greater awareness of things. And then that evolves into the action. We've got to take the action. We've got every leader has to be a good catalyst through their decision-making, through their communication. They catalyze things because we don't ultimately have control over the outcome. We just have control over taking the action. And then from that, you know, we can see how the market responds, how we're able to capitalize. And capitalization is really based on deserving. We call it deserving power. You know, we all want things. We want, we want, but we only really get what we deserve, right? So the more we can develop our deserving power because we're doing good things for ourselves, we're good, doing good things for others, we're thinking good, we're feeling good. We're just, you know, creating that good energy, 
because everyone loves good energy and that attracts good things. So the more that we're able to develop good deserving power, which is through having good observing power, we're just able to observe, okay, what's the best action to take? Then that builds our deserving power. So then when we put something out there on the market or a company puts something out, then the market responds favorably. You know, they don't, they feel good about the company. You know, we call it goodwill, right? We just feel good about this company. We want to give them money because of what they're doing. And we, and, and we like the people. We like, like the energy of the company. So if that a company doesn't have good energy, like one of these companies that we're working with, it's hard for them to close deals. Now that's shifted over the last six months. We've been working with them and they're starting to close deals with, with major sporting organizations for their technology. And there's, there's, there's a glimmer of hope, you know, like one of the executives was ready to throw them, throw on the towel, literally get out of it, you know, but you can turn these things around. It just requires more developed awareness. Mm-hmm. And what do you think most people get like wrong when they're thinking about performance? And what do you know that most people don't? Uh, what people get wrong is they're focusing on improving the process, right? And in order to improve the outcome. Okay, that's part of improving everything, improving business. But first of all, we have to improve ourselves. Because if we're trying to improve a process with the same awareness that we ha we've had yesterday or the last week or the last year becomes very tough. But if we're able to improve ourselves and our perception mm -hmm. and our ability to perceive um, yeah. what's going on in the market and how we can match the idea that we have with, with the needs and desires of the market, which obviously Ryan's very good at doing, then <laughs> we're, able to, we're able to create that connection. We're able to create that unity, right? And so I think that's one of the first things and being able to recognize the truth. Again, I, truth always triumphs, right? And if we're not being completely truthful about where we're at, where the product's at, you know, we're allowing things to slide, you know, we, we're just not going to be triumphant, you know, because we haven't locked into the truth that's going to make us triumphant. So I think it's getting that, that right first as the basis for improving the business you know, business performance is, is what we're all in the game of, you know, when we're in business, you know, and that comes from having a good culture that executes good strategy um, with products, good products and services. And that fundamentally comes from, from leadership performance. And leadership performance is all about accuracy of decision making and communication of those decisions. And that comes from those, those factors that I've mentioned. Um, you know, I, I can list them off in more simple terms in terms of Leadership performance is based on clarity, coherence, creativity, capacity, being a good catalyst, and having the ability to capitalize. And so we have to get those things right. But the basis, the basis of leadership performance is what we call CEO leadership consciousness. And that is the silence, the awareness, having the right knowledge, have, being in tune with what's evolutionary. What are those laws of nature that allowed us to evolve from being a, a small child to being a grown adult? You know, there's, there's mechanics, there's laws of nature that allows us to evolve and grow. And are we in tune with that, with ourselves and with our business? Every business has a, has a physiology that is evolving and growing. And so it's being able to have enough awareness to trust the unknown. I think that's, that's one of the things that, that we emphasize is trust the unknown by being in that gap that allows you to reveal all that next sequential step evolutionary step to be revealed to you 
because we don't actually the best leaders we've found don't know the how they just know what they want and they trust the process they trust the unknown will reveal the process to get to that outcome so one example here is uh the ceo that we're working with um he involved the company when we started from 1 billion to 3 billion gets to 3 billion and then sees an opportunity to evolve the company to 6 billion through a reverse merger acquisition goes to his major shareholders says i know we have to do this this is like the next evolutionary step for our company um we we have to do this can you support me in in making this deal happen they go no we don't want to do this because we don't like this company we think it's going to ruin the culture the stock price and the performance of the company so they had a level of perception and he had the, his level of perception and there was a clash there was a conflict he couldn't get that unity he couldn't get that coherence so he comes back to us and says guys i know we have to do this but my major shareholders don't get it they won't support it and we said to him look you can either try and debate and argue and intellectually try and get them to see your way or we can just work on you owning this reality more fully more clearly inside yourself so when you do project it when you do communicate it they get it not that they get the idea the idea is great they don't get that you own it that you can pull it off and they don't have that trust and, res and respect in you yet to, to take on this this biggest deal in, in the corporate history so we worked on him really getting stronger inside himself so he projected more clearly and that was about three or four weeks uh, you know we were doing all sorts of things to get his mind right and then we said okay mark we, th we think you're ready go and go and give them the presentation again and we helped him with that presentation he gave the presentation those major shareholders go oh yeah we should do this we should give this a go yeah let's do it and what they weren't saying yes to his idea they were saying yes to him they could see that he more fully owned and believed and trusted that this was actually going to happen so that was the first obstacle second obstacle happening uh was making the deal work long hours tight time frames many multiple no-go hurdles many possibilities for stress and it not happening he says to us guys i feel like i'm the eye of the storm in this i feel so calm and i feel so relaxed and that was the basis for the deal falling into place because he he already saw it so clearly and coherently inside himself it naturally unfolded and happened outside of himself mm -hmm. so that that's how we like to work you know if things not working on the outside we've got to come back to the inside yeah it makes a ton of sense hey right? i mean in, in sales i mean it's all this transfer of confidence if you you know if you're not there if you people are going to see right through that and um that's really awesome and what like let's say like if someone does isn't fortunate enough to be able to work with you you know what's something that they can do themselves uh when they're facing these types of obstacles even as a you know as a ceo or even as an investor when you got to make moves you're not quite sure which one and you're not really confident that you want to make happen what, what's like a tip that you would give some people like that that they can quickly go and find strength yeah so i mean first first thing is read our book to get a comprehensive overview of what we're talking about in terms of protecting achievement and progress yeah. um so that that'll give you some some tips and, and ideas in there um at the end of each chapter we've got a few questions that we ask you to kind of reflect and, and go into yourself and and be real with yourself um so yeah that's the first thing but but ultimately uh in terms of what they can do right away is just be able to create that coherence within themselves first of all you know take time uh in your day to just allow your mind to be settled and culture your mind to function from a settled alert state 
because our mind, everyone thinks it's the mind. It's the mind. The mind creates, and it, and it does create. But the basis of the mind is our awareness, our level of consciousness, or what we can perceive. And the best analogy I can give here is we've got uh, a film projector that's got to project a film onto the screen. Now, there's all those images on that film, but if there's not sufficient light projected through those images, it's not going to be clear on the screen on the outside screen, the market, right? So the more of that light, that coherence, that consciousness, that awareness that we can shine through our mind, our, which is our thoughts and our feelings and project through our communication into, into our environment, then the more people see it, right? We have to see it first inside of ourselves so clearly so that other people can see it. So being able to continually every day do something to have that experience where your your mind is settled, alert, and awake, because your mind is is just going to reflect that awareness that you have. So the more that you're connected to that underlying field of awareness that's always there, um, and there's different states of consciousness that we we all go through: waking, sleeping, and dreaming. Right? Those are the relative states of consciousness we all fluctuate through. Now, underlying the foundation of those changing states is an unchanging state, and we call that consciousness we call it transcendental consciousness it's the light it's like the sun that's always there in the sky even though the clouds are always passing by right and so the more that we're we're coming from that space that centered space that awareness space then the more our mind's going to work for us not against us mm -hmm. got it thank you for that yeah. <clears throat> have to add a feature to side pocket uh every time you click explore side pocket it pauses for 10 seconds and tells you to take a deep breath beautiful Beautiful. Great I would idea. not be opposed to it. Great <laughs> idea. I'm sure our chief revenue officer is, but you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I love that. Well, you, 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 you can throw an affirmation there, like, and just take some time to feel how right this feels for you to invest <laughs> in that one. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, God, I'm looking through our, our little um, our little podcast checklist, but you you've covered so much already. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is really fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's like, you know, you guys are expertise in your own area. And I'm sure if I interviewed you, it's just like drinking from a fire hydrant. You know, there's so much that that just pours out of us, you know. And, and that's the thing is, is that's the most, I believe it's the most precious, uh, unseen, renewable resource that we have, you know, is our leadership mind. You know, I mean, the CEO mind is literally what, creates uh, is the primary influencer and in what creates and maintains our economy you know and the more people that can have that ceo mind uh, the more we can not be so caught up by you know these recessionary tendencies which are ultimately human made yeah. it's all it's all created by someone's thinking says so we're going into recession it's recession thinking so therefore we you know if enough people think that we go into recession but enough people think, no, there's so many opportunities out here. There's so much we can create. There's so much more value. There's so much better ways to do things. You know, I, I'll give you a, a really simple kind of mundane example. You know, like bath mats. I thought, you know, you buy a bath mat, right? It's just this piece of cotton or whatever it is to, to dry your feet when you get out of the shower. This company I came across called Sutera, they've developed a, uh, what I call it, it's called dichotomous clay bath mat. So it's literally dries as soon as you, within 10 to 15 seconds of getting out of the bath, or the shower, this bath mat dries. So there's no build up of bacteria or anything like that. 
You think something wow. mundane like that, like, well, you can't improve a bath mat. Well, these people have, you know, I'm waiting for the next bath mat that comes out. You just step on it and it dries you, you know, you just dry with it. <laughs> no towels. So, you know, it's, it's amazing how much more we can even evolve the things that, that we already have. And, and Sidepock is a great example. You know, you guys are taking the next evolution in, in financial investing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, and it's always finding a way through, you know, like, because without, without automation, without systems, you know, it's really hard the, the learning curve to, because I feel like, you know, investing is something that you have to figure out how to do once you're making money to set yourself up for the future. And, you know, most people have the options you have. I mean, I don't, I don't think most people really enjoy stressing about, should they be in gold today? Should they be in this? Should they be in that? You know, is yeah. this company going to go up? Is, is this meme stock going to happen? If the president wins this, is my stock? Like, there are people out there, and I've met them, and I love them, that love doing this stuff. They love figuring these things out. But there, I feel just a lot of people out there, uh, myself included, would prefer not to have to think about that. Just focus on what I do and, and, and you know, enjoy my life and, and have that, you know, handled by uh by you know in some way where it's not stressing me out it's it's keeping me coherent and, yes um you know absolutely and, that, and that's what you guys are doing i think sidepock is doing from my experience of just interacting with the app and getting getting signed up it's been like these guys are really coherent and that feels good to me you know because the basis this is one of our other principles is that protection is through coherence the more coherent uh an experience is with a company, then the more you feel protected and secure and you, and you have this trust, you know, and it's just beautiful how you guys have documented everything uh, in a very professional way that makes you feel, I can trust these guys. They're documenting everything that I'm doing here, you mm -hmm. know, and it makes me feel good about and continue to go down the path and and, and work with you guys. It, a, a big part of what we're trying to do with Side Pocket, and you'll notice it much more consciously once I point it out, is that mm -hmm. we're really trying to reframe the discussion around investing from kind of money, 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 get, you know, got to make the most, got to make the most, because the last couple of years have been really focused that way. It's why mm -hmm. we've been Robinhood and FTX and Crypto.com and Coinbase and all these people, it, you know, everyone's trying to sell you on a get rich quick scheme. Yep. And that, the, the problem with that isn't just that most get rich quick schemes are totally made up but it's that it totally changes your mindset about what good practice looks like. Good yep. practice isn't making outsized returns that go straight to the moon. Good practice is getting high returns consistently over time. And it's not yep. sexy and it's not, you know, billions. Sometimes it's just putting 150 bucks in your, uh, your, your side pocket once a month and going, okay, I did the yep. right thing. I'm feeling good. This, yep. is, this is financial success. And yep. we've been really trying to de, you know, uh, a lot of these, um, even even the ones that help you like save for retirement through this, where they try and gamify it. Um, yep. We're trying to de-gamify finance away from the bells and whistles and notifications that remind you that you did so good because you made all the you made all the investments. Look at you, keep going. Uh, retirement isn't a game, and peace of mind. Um, it isn't an app. It's a, it's a practice that you get by doing it routinely. And I, I love where you're coming from because I think that's really what we're trying to suffuse into, you know, in, in intentionality in every side pocket 
and, and, and practice in, in, in kind of how the marketing is going to talk to the customers. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, generally, I've found from my investing experience, what I gain fast, I also lose fast. That's such a great line. And, 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 but what I do sure and steady, I keep, I get to keep. But what, what I'm just like, I'm just, I'm just gambling. I'm just hoping, you know, yeah. um, it just, I'm just fluctuating. I'm like a, my mind's like a football to circumstances, you know, and, and like you are there, I've, I've kind of moved away from wanting to listen to all the information and just, just be settled in myself to, to, to allow myself to reveal what's best for me, you know, so that I'm more, I'm kicking the ball. I'm not being kicked around by, by the circumstances. You know, at least, at least you gained fast before you lost fast. I just lost fast. <laughs> like that's, that was, I did my first options trade on Monday and I just lost half my money. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to mess around with this anymore. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I there was an app that would, would take away all that stress management and thinking and, and really help you uh, build for the future. You know what, what I think it is, we, we, we all forgot the, the turtle and the rabbit story. You know, that's told to us young. It's just like, it's just a priceless, priceless tale, but somehow we forgot it, you know, and we wanted to be the rabbit. Yeah, the rat, there's nothing sexy about being a turtle, you know. No. No, but they, but they they're 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 amazing. They're consistent. I mean, here in Kauai, the turtles come up to the beach uh, at at night. They sleep on the beach, and then they they go back to the water. There's about anywhere between twenty to fifty of them, mm -hmm. and it's like it's just just seeing them get up on 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 out of the water into the sand. It's like it takes literally about five ten minutes for them to crawl out of the water. You know. Mm -hmm. And and it, I'm going okay. Well, why is it taking so long? <laughs> you just have to go. No, they're doing it on their time. You know, there's no hurry. It's like they're going to get to their destination. Right. You know, it, it, if it's, it's taking longer or not, it's all relative. It, Sorry, it's important to remember that the the, the tortoise lives minimum hundred years, and the hare yep. lives, you know, five. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so it's another investing lesson there. If you want, <laughs> if you want to go fast and die quickly hair all the way buddy but yeah the only thing I, i'll give the rabbit um that i think it, the rabbit forgets is that it's got big ears and i think it's important that we have bigger ears than we do have have eyes you know because mm -hmm. meaning that we're able to listen meaning listen to ourselves listen to what's really going on listen to what's really going to serve us, going to protect us and is going to evolve us. Um, so if we can, if we just use our ears more than our, our eyes and, and, and the gains and the, the vanity that we get from, from gains, um, I think we can, we can do a lot better as an investing community. Yeah. Ramin, I really want to appreciate you for your time and hopping on with us on this uh, conversation. I hope to have you here next quarter. If we can talk about how things have changed and shifted since now until then. Absolutely. Um, this podcast is sponsored by SidePocket, the only automated robo-advisor on the market that combines multiple tactical asset allocation investment strategies to generate returns. If you don't have the time to professionally trade and you're tired of being at the whim of the market's ups and downs, consider using SidePocket to automate your investing. SidePocket monitors the markets and automatically rebalances your holdings each month for you 
to maximize returns while protecting against losses. Losses are not a one-to-one -one relationship. When you lose 50% of your portfolio in a bad quarter, it requires 100% return the next just to break even. That's why SidePocket applies sophisticated quantitative methods, including tactical asset allocation, to systematically minimize these drawdowns and consistently protect and grow your hard-earned savings. To learn more, visit SidePocket.com.